G'day everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. Uh, we're at Critical Path tonight. You want to introduce yourself, mate? Yes, I'm Jonathan Burrows. I'm a choreographer, artist coming over from England with my uh, colleague, Matteo Fargent, who's a composer, who's Italian by birth, but also lives in England. Uh, so we just had a photo session out in the Mustang. <laughs> because there's something that brings... I've had three people have discussions with me at the lights, actually, today already. Right. They just want to... Just, it's like a starting point. And then you can talk about anything. You can be like, oh, yeah, I'm on my way to a dance workshop. We're dealing with musical scores. Yeah. And they're like, rad. And how old's your car? <laughs> yeah. Do the people on this radio program know that you drive a blue 1969 so. Ford <laughs> Which is my favourite car. No. Um, now they do. Now they do. Uh, I, I usually start with asking the question of what are you busy with working through or working on or yeah. what, is, what is the lens that you're seeing the world through at the moment? Yeah, so I should be begin by saying that um, as somebody involved in contemporary performance, mm. um, I, ha I have perhaps an unusual beginning in that I was a ballet dancer mm -hmm. uh, with the Royal Ballet in London and I was a ballet dancer for, I mean I had a real um, career, I, I danced there for 13 years. Did you have a favourite? You know how the class progresses, it's like plies and then other things and then adage and there's always like something that someone will want to just nip off to the bathroom. I nipped off to the bathroom during adage. Oh I see, <laughs> no I never arrived <laughs> until, until Tondi's. Okay great. Uh, <laughs> you play eight on the stairs and all yeah. um, But um, I had this unusual situation that I fell by accident into um, working simultaneously that I was being a ballet dancer with the um, uh, choreographer Rosemary Butcher, um, who died very recently, sadly, um, and who is a kind of um, very important figure in terms of experimental performance and experimental dance performance um, and uh, uh, very much uh, w was the centre of something that was happening there in, in, in England. Um, so I had this dual existence that eventually pulled, pulled me in too many directions so that I, I stopped being a ballet dancer and entered this kind of life that I live now which is um, what we call being an independent dance artist. It's, a, it's but independent a from what? I don't yes. know. Independent from money yeah. is usually what it means. <clears throat> in other contexts I've worked in, we would be called contractors. Or well, we would be called subbies. Yeah, sure. That's, the, that's, that's one of the, the dangers of the position that we're in. Mm. Um, Jan Ritzma, who runs Perform Performing Arts Forum in France, um, has it says it very clearly that we, you know, that we are the agents of gentrification of cities, mm -hmm. and we are the the vanguard mm -hmm. of how late capitalism wants the worker to be Amen. precarious yeah. and um, uncontracted. <laughs> yeah, but, no responsibility uh, from capital towards any of the people that helped build it. Yeah, yeah. Which which doesn't mean we don't have a. Um, a, a certain fulfilment in the thing that that we do. That's true, and it doesn't mean we still don't have a power. We no. still have the power to just not show up one day. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jan's Jan's um, observation of that is 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 not a negative statement. It's towards a, a an awareness 
mm. um, of how we operate within that. Uh, and of course, the, um, the, the, the Serbian theorist Boyna Kunst just last year or the year before published um, this book, The Artist at Work, which looks at exactly these issues of the contemporary artist in relation I interviewed to the capitalist Boyana, economy. Um, when she was writing that book. Ah, uh, did you? Yeah, right. to the third <laughs> podcast discussion I ever had, oh, actually, super. for Wombat Radio. Yeah. And it was fascinating to hear how integrated into the community of working artists her thinking was in that she was affected by them and yeah. the way that her brain resolved the things that she was exposed to by them the way that that came out and then affected them yeah it's been a it, it, the book has caused a shift i i, th I think i think yeah. it's been a really important book um she and i are taking part in a um, seminar in Dusseldorf quite soon actually I think in, it's in a month's time um, as part of the uh, Inventure um, what is now a kind of yearly taking the temperature of the art form event mm -hmm. there and um, she and I and uh, the Australian dance artist Dan Dore and a man called Joe Moran who's another English dance artist are leading a session on um, well, uh, um, we've done an attempt to lead a session on politics and dance. How do you feel, where do you feel you are at the moment within this, the, the dichotomy of experimentation and excellence? Uh, it's a really interesting question. Um, I, I don't know. I take my lead from younger artists, friends who were, who were a, diff, a younger generation than me, and particularly in... I was going to say particularly in London, but also in, in Brussels, where I was living eight years. Um, and it feels to me that there's a very interesting shift at the... There are two very interesting shifts at the moment, and they're somehow related. And the first and most important is led by Chrissa Parkinson, who has been running this course um, at the... Uh, Dance Institution Doc in Stockholm, and the course is predicated upon the uh, nurturing the the idea of the the, the dancer as agent um, and as artist um, um, separate, uh, um, independent of the notion of the choreographer. Mm -hmm. And it steps further than that because it becomes a, a, an important feminist argument because so many, uh, certainly at the level that people enter study of dance, there's a, there's a, there's a majority, there's a great majority of, of women. Um, and um, so for instance, uh, my friend Charlie Ashwell, who's a member of the Belly Flop Collective in London, she articulates it. She articulated the same subject matter in her MA dissertation in, a, in an essay called, she called Becoming Witch. Um, and so somehow allied to this um, shift towards um, uh, an honoring of the dancer herself, rather than awaiting, uh, 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 waiting for the next um, emerging, oh, horrible word, choreographer to produce the next iconic piece. Mm. Um, so it becomes a situation where the practice itself, the, 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 the daily 
the daily living as a dance artist and all the ways in which we operate um, and all the institutions we pass through become the work itself. Um, and I think there's something very, um, very powerful and interesting about this. Uh, and I think what it touches upon is, is what most of us as dance artists would recognize is that, um, okay, we go to performances and we, we see great pieces. There's really a lot of great work around at the moment, but we also have this multitude of experiences away from the performance spaces or gallery spaces, which are about um, uh, ways of be uh, of be being together, negotiating together, thinking together, mm. um, which are not about creating iconic um, no. pieces. I think about in relationship to that uh, your what you were speaking about this morning about not having to worry about if something is an influence to you if it is ingrained in your DNA if it is part of your makeup it is right. not an influence yeah. and I think about that in relationship to making work from the place that you come from and for the people that you come from iconic would seem to hope that it is somehow universal yes and actually yeah. that is disrespectful to the people that have that you're making work in and around and in response to and then for yeah so some I think it's something we're still trying to figure out but something about an honoring of of where we are mm. and the, the word local doesn't it do doesn't, it justice no. it's not quite right it's about a specificity of people not of location yes um, well there's a there's a development i start in the middle of june which is looking at um the idea of a dis distributed cultural dance and that cultural dances are no longer of one place and time but that does not delegitimize the fact that there is a cultural dance yeah. that is happening amongst uh, people of maybe a social class or a community like a sh that have shared uh, outlooks and incomes and levels of mobility and connectedness. Yeah. And that, that is a cultural dance within itself and it's operating in a different space, but hopefully it is still delivering that thing that cultural dance has always delivered, which is to give your body back to you in yeah. the act of doing the dancing. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I hope for also is, is an increasing recognition that more commercial forms of dance are not the same art form. Um, even I would go so far as to say that ballet is not my art form. Mm. It's not the same art form as, that I make. And in a sense, this, this, this moment when the visual arts and galleries become interested in, um, in, in dance and in what they the idea of the choreographic um, is perhaps an opportunity to 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 recognize that because I think um, I think institutions and funding bodies um, by confusing the two mm -hmm. then then um, overlook the great strengths often of what it is we we do you know um, do you want to go into what the great strengths are? Ah, uh, yeah, that, um, that, that contemporary dance is often articulated as a, as a very minority art form, but I'm fortunate to, to travel quite a lot, and it's astonishing to me mm. the number of people passionate about mm. this art form. So um, 
it, it seems to me that the notion of it as being a minority form is premised upon somebody's experience in one place, not not being aware of the number of, of interconnected communities and that within our own communities um, we, we, f we foster a lot of change it, it, on a micro level it feels, I mean we're not the only ones that do but, but we have this ability to, to do with how we self-organize how we um, invite and open what we do to other people, how we're, most of us are involved one way or another in working with groups of people uh, who are disadvantaged in one way or another. The art form is extremely accepting of, um, and increasingly accepting of, of anybody who is interested to enter it. Yeah. Um, Which leaves it open to hijacking. Yeah, and, and the commercial pro space. Probably most of all that um, that that, that um, I have a question about the notion that it's an, it's an immaterial art form. I think this needs to be revised mm -hmm. because I don't experience it always as immaterial. There's a materiality, and I don't mean the the theoretical notion of the new materiality, but a, on a more, on a on a more simplistic level, there's something material and enduring about what I do. Yeah. Um, but. Um, the, the, you know, we always castigate ourselves for the fact that 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 um, we don't make much money, um, but uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is that people come to see um, our performances, and when I say our, I mean myself and my uh, other my colleagues, the people that I work with, um, and you know, there's often this sense that people uh, totally. Um, enter and understand and feel welcomed by what happens but it's hard for them when they go out of there they go into a bar they go to work the next day and somebody says but what was it like it's hard to describe that um, this is this is not true of a comedy night so a comedy night the, the, the setup is familiar mm. and you can come away with two jokes which you remember and you can describe yeah. but this fact that that, that um, I'd like, I'd like to turn this around. This fact that we're difficult to describe makes us difficult to commodify. It makes us difficult to shoehorn into particular usage. Mm. It makes us difficult to buy and sell. And that gives us a certain voice at this moment when it feels like the, 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 um, you know, many people are looking for an out from this situation of being sold our own individuality and sold the idea that our future is in consuming more and more. And there's something, um, there's, there's something very vital about that, that it feels that we can offer. It's at a small level. We're not going to solve the problem of Donald Trump or, Bre <laughs> or Brexit or Marie Le Pen, but... Um, uh, I, 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 I like to be amongst that, that voice. Yeah. That's, why I, that's why I stay with it. That, that's why I'm still in the art form. Mm -hmm. And I don't hear that in the visual arts. The visual arts remains resolutely hierarchical. Mm. You're in you're, or you're out. You're succeeding or you're not succeeding. Mm. In contemporary dance, we're busy re-evaluating what success might mean. Well, I guess if we're moving towards ultra-late capitalism in the sense that the people who own the capital can automate their workforce 
and no longer need to spread the wealth through needing to employ labor. Dance is the antithesis because yeah. we are always employing labor yeah. and we are never producing capital. <laughs> yeah, um, except that I heard um, the, choreographer, the Danish choreographer Meta Ingvardsen give, she wasn't dealing directly with that notion of the, of the way that dance always requires a, 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 a ultimately a non-technological um, 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 involvement. But she did say, I heard her give her PhD defense in, in Sweden recently, and she said something which I thought was extremely interesting, that um, she said, uh, I, I can only paraphrase her, but well, she, said, it's meta, it's... She, she said something like that, just to think you can be a live body in the space is, is, is not enough to, to counteract the power of, of, of the body in, within the increasing vastness of digital imagery, and I thought that I, I, I thought that was a very kind of sanguine lesson that I t I took away because I mean I do think there's a I do think people like to, like to buy a ticket or get a comp and see just somebody, um, but at the same time I, I understood what she meant. I think there's something about. Um what we are trained to watch with and if we are trained to watch with our eyes then the single biological body in space can really fall short and if we're trained to watch with all the other possibilities of um, yeah. mutually vibrating cells yeah. for want of a better scientific description and I think that really comes from having an understanding or an experience to be able to switch on to the empathy um, yeah, and, the, and, and, and a good performance give, gives you the means yeah. to and do that. It's just the, the power in crafting an experience through time rather than a single thing that will hit yeah. you in the face. Yeah. It, mm, how, how do you feel like you're doing all of these things? Well, the, the obvious thing about the work that Matei and I make is that he's a composer, so he comes from classical music composition, and I also come from a, the, the most co one of the most codified dance mm. forms of ballet, um, which was why I resonated with the way that he, he thought. Um, and I incidentally also went for a period of time to study with his composition teacher, the composer Kevin Volans. So I had absorbed the same influences from sources as, as him. Um, the difficult thing, so the, one of the, 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 the most obvious things about the work that we make is that we, is that we write scores, we translate scores, and we read scores when we perform. Um, but the scores are not the subject of what we do. Um, uh, for us, scores were pra pragmatic means to do two things. One was to allow Matteo into the world that I occupied, mm -hmm. which required a certain um, motor memory mm -hmm. facility that he didn't have. The second thing was to invite me into his world, because when I read a score, I could equally be a musician. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't a dancer pretending to be a musician. Um, and the other aspect of score is that um, is that uh, we the the um, the conventional notion is that 
is that form is a restrictive thing, so that it restricts my intuitive decision-making. And I think that can be true, but, but um, I, what, what get, that, that, people experience that if they come to a workshop and work with scores for three days and then go away. But Matei and I have worked together for 27 years. We never have a discussion about form or we might have a discussion about form after two months of working on something and there was a problem. Mm. Um, and what about aesthetic preference? So for me, I, and I li listened to an excellent panel last night about this, that there is the benefit of training in a technique is so that you have the tools available when the so the intuition has I the see, tools. Yeah. And I train dancers that I'm working with in a technique and then I trust their intuitive response. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I've given them the aesthetics that I that won't jar me yeah. as the viewer. And I imagine you have aesthetic preference. Yeah, I, I, if, if Matei and I come from a certain set of aesthetic preferences, mm. um, that they fall into either the obvious ones, so that all the music we've ever heard, all the films we've ever loved, all the yeah. poetry we've yeah. ever read, and we've tried to, the, the performance we made in Perth called Show and Tell cycles through 200 influences, mm. of which there are, there are thousands more. Um, we just decided what would happen if we said the first hundred each, okay. um, which is an exercise I, I recommend anybody to do. Um, because it reveals that the way we try to compartmentalize people by the things that they um, that, that, that they like um, is is not so easy because we we all the the, the quality of the things that influences and that we like are that they're not reconcil reconcilable easily they're very contradictory that that's what so for me aesthetics doesn't arise it's more about negotiation of the impossibility of the things that have mm. attracted you at various times mm, and because um, some things will keep you in this experience and some things will jar you out of the experience yeah but I, I don't know experience but I uh, my hobby is playing English folk music and I do it at I, quite very seriously I, I play a instrument called a melodeon it's a squeeze box and I play with a group of people in the place in the town where I uh, live uh, of whom some are extraordinary virtuosic um, musicians and in that in in um, it's an, ex it's an extremely democratic situation where anybody can come, but some of these people are extraordinary, but they will ex they'll invite anybody to join. Um, but I like what I like very much about the democracy of, democracy of that situation is that there's a shared um, uh, resource mm -hmm. of maybe up to like 1,000 English tunes um, that we draw from, and there there are certain styles of playing, but the styles of playing are never spoken about, and nobody ever says how you should play, and it's just your choice who you listen to. Mm. Um, so it's about there's a certain aesthetics, but it's an undeclared aesthetics. There's yeah. a certain kind of anarchist principle to it that I just. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I end up sitting next to a man called Will Duke. He's one of the best concertina players in England, and I just, I've tried playing like him. It doesn't work. Yeah. So what I do is I just, when he gets into a certain groove, I just observe it, and I try to hear it in, in how I'm playing. That interests me more, and I guess that's how Matei and I perform together. Um, 
but the we tend it, it's important to say that we tend to see the performances we make as music not as contemporary dance mm. as is it contemporary music um Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> Only because I've been, because I'm dealing with cultural dance in the most contemporary of settings, in this like hyper-distributed world cultural in, in port, um, I'm thinking about how we label something as folk yeah. or traditional or contemporary, yeah. and how that can mm, taxidermy. Yeah, they're thing. all terrible titles. I mean, the folk that I play is not folk. It's 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 something which is what has come and gone and it's shifted and it's it's changed demographics and it um, but there's a lot of people do it so it's still there and it doesn't matter what you call it you we call it English tunes not folk but it's exactly the same as Irish tunes and Scottish tunes it's just, we just play lumpier um, <laughs> and um, do you feel like a, a genetic resonance with it no not at all like just what I started doing when I was a teenager but um, as for whether what we do is contemporary I mean contemporary is a terrible word it's such a I mean are we going to still be saying it in a hundred years time I hope not you know so it doesn't it doesn't matter so no. I try not to say anything Do really you don't describe it the joy the joy the freedom the ride the the way that your body is activated um, do you get that when you perform this thing that you call music instead of calling it dance a little bit but I think like a lot of contemporary dance artists now my actual dancing is a parallel practice that isn't necessarily there in the performance uh, it's not something that needs to be put on stage it is something that need that you yeah. need in your life yes yes yeah but it is there on stage but it's there in a, it's there in a kind of a diluted or compartmentalized form of itself mm. but I've come back to trying to access it so I try to have a daily practice of dancing um, but I but I also for a long time have been aware that um, I, I really want to dance in a way that has nothing to do with a notion of art dancing mm -hmm. and so um, I go to reggae clubs I mean I follow the uh, I followed, um, and Matteo also, we follow for 15 years or something um, the heavyweight dub system in London, Jashaka sound system. And um, it feels, but I think that a lot of people are, yeah, tapping into that, that, that um, the, the art label becomes something that um, gets in the way and trips you up. So. I, I find it really useful to go there in the dark all night and do something that I don't have to justify or think about in any way to do with the work that I make. What, so from like dealing between anarchy and democratic process and performing music rather than dance and still having things in your DNA that were trained in that are not influences and spending time with a worldwide community Mm. and the, the benefit and privilege and the humbling of that mm. what's your biggest hope for all the effort of making work of sharing process of letting like giving the amount of time of your brain and mind and body to these ideas I don't, I don't feel very hopeful right now the way the, 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 the way the state the world is in I think there's a kind of I I, I feel, and it might just be me, but I, even from friends and 
on places I'm going to see performances that it's mm. quite difficult to sustain mm. what we're doing in the world, the, 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 the way that things are, 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 are going mm. with ideological war and Trump in America and, and the failure of democratic systems in the face of um, global and social media and um, the failure to deal with climate change and the renewed threat of nuclear war and the, 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 the vast refugee crisis mm. from Syria. Syria. I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah, I, think it's, I think it becomes, I think it's difficult. I think it's difficult to, which is not to say we shouldn't uh, keep, keep working. And I guess I'm asking why keep working? What is the hope? Uh, I don't know. I'm uh, I, I, I'm still excited by people that I meet who are part of this world that I'm part of. I find dance people, many of them, very open, very as politically astute, very interesting. I I come into. I mean, we're here in Critical Path, and I'm spending three days with um, twenty or so. Uh, artists, I'm I'm here to. I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but I, I do that. I do this. I come into this kind of situation, learning, um, and it's another quality of the art form of dance that we we um, we share freely. Um, and again, in the visual arts, uh, my idea was worth money. Well, in dance, my idea isn't worth money. So I give it to you. I give it to you really quick because I want to see what you'll do with it. Because yeah. when you do something with it, it comes back to me. Yeah. I can only benefit. And of course, this is, the, this is present in hip hop too. In hip hop, the philosophy is um, each one teach one. And that's kind of what happens in dance. It's another anarchist principle. I like it very much. So I go on doing it. Not, I mean, I love performing and I'm addicted to performing, but anybody who <laughs> performs gets addicted to performing yes. so that's nothing I've been performing since I was very young it's a nice part <laughs> um, but um, I, that's not really why I do I mean it yeah, isn't yeah, the reason yeah. I do it in the end I do it because I, I, I like being around these people who hang around my art form very much yeah my um, many years ago there's a solar car race between Darwin and Adelaide and because it's a long, straight, flat road and you get guaranteed sun. And so teams come from all over the world and the Honda solar car team flew into Darwin and my dad drove the support vehicle for them, um, which was the first time he was ever introduced to soy sauce, for example. But he said they got to Adelaide and they won and at the end of the race, the Honda solar car team took all of their plans and gave a, a copy to each of the other teams. Did they? So that they had to go back and work Smart harder. business, yeah. To be better, to win next year. They couldn't win by doing yeah. the same thing. And uh, it feels yeah. very much like this also within hip hop. And I wonder if you... Yeah, yeah, that's very much it, yeah. This idea. And then people yeah. overtake you and it's the greatest joy. Yeah. Yeah, those are nice people. I, I, I mentor hip hop crews with John Z D, who's like the godfather of, of um, um, uh, hip hop theatre in in London, and it's uh, that's a that's a very similar, very similar, very nice culture. And actually, the crossover between contemporary dance practice and hip hop is much more fluid now in a in a in a, in a mutually beneficial way. It was a bit stupid fusion at first, but this is, <laughs> but this it's is like gone. the awkward teenage years that everyone has to go yeah. through. I feel that because I started with I started with ballroom, but then 
I saw hip hop, I saw breakdancers, got yeah. into that because it required from me originality, it required of me to bring my whole self to the dance, yeah. and then to be part of a group or a crew or a scene or a community that was evolving, that yeah. wasn't stuck. Yeah, and yeah. then contemporary dance was the only way to enter an institution, yeah. to train, yeah. to get out of a small town. But it always felt like the best, the most exciting structures for contemporary dance making and evolution were very in line with the best structures for hip hop and break. Yeah, well, so. at John C. D. in London will there's a, there's a process beginning to initiate a hip hop academy. It was part of the Sadler's Wells Theatre, and uh, his um, his reasons are very true. It's to do it's to to do with the fact that a lot of hip hoppers want to perform within a. a, 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 a Theatre context, um, so to to give them access to ideas around around theatre and performance uh, away from the the format of the battle or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's faced some brilliantly articulated critique of mm. that um, on the notion that the, the, that there are no teachers. Yeah. Um, which is very politically sophisticated in a way that I like. And he answers it well, you know, I mean, he stands his ground. But the important thing is that that conversation happens there, you know. Absolutely. What, what's your role within the hip-hop world? Well, I just get, as, I, like, I just get on with John Z, so, <laughs> so I <laughs> hang out with him at the back of the room and, uh, what? and think, wow, I'm getting paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm really curious, what have you found that you have to offer? that has been helpful to people? Well, I, can't, I don't know. I'd have to tell you if it's been helpful or not. I don't <laughs> think it matters, actually. I don't think it's huh. about being helpful. It's more about just um, um, r- r- you know, raising questions about um, wh- what the nature of performance might be. Because a battle is, is such a particular it thing. Yeah. And I mean, you can't uh, fault the, how extraordinary no. the things that happen in battle situations are. But um, but the, you know there are other ways to think about it. I don't know what will happen in the end. Whether something, whether something will interesting will come out of that or not. I, I think it only matters that people are, uh, people are curious, so they're moving towards the idea of other. Mm. I mean, obviously, the danger with hip hop is that it's very easy to make commercialized hip hop with lots of tricks. But there's a kind of hip hop is. Um, is within its DNA, it's a political form. And it's just how not to lose that. We talk about that quite a lot. And John Z has always made very political hip-hop theatre, so... Have you tried some on? Some hip-hop? Like, in your body, so that you can feel what it is? No, but I, but I do wonder... Because I'm 57, so I'm like... Um, I'm like 15 years too old for the when that material first arrived into the UK and I often wonder if I was a younger generation how that would have uh, how that how that would have passed Mm. through me yeah it's a similar thing for for myself with um, twerking like I missed being I was uh, I was a teenager for the second wave of breakdancing but then I was already in my mid-twenties for twerking and so (laughs) so it's something that you watch and observe and are in awe of rather than something that you feel is in your body. Mm. I, wa- I wonder if you have any epiphanies that you'd like to finish on. Any great breakthroughs? Any like mic drop pearls of wisdom? 
No, I was only, <laughs> when we were talking about um, the people that are within this culture, yeah. I had a very interesting experience recently that I um, saw I have what's called an allotment in England. It's, it's a patch of land that you, you kind of rent off the council that you grow vegetables mm -hmm. on. And uh, my wife and I have had, uh, Claire, we've, uh, she initiated it and I'm the hired help. And we've had it for a couple of years. And then completely unknown to us, we got judged for the best kept allotment award wow. in the town that we live in. Um, but we didn't even know they'd come. And, um, and we got a letter through the post saying we won second prize and we got five pounds to spend at the local garden center. And I've never been so proud in my life. But then, of course, we became obsessed with like, but who won first prize? Yeah. <laughs> and we found out it oh, yeah. was another choreographer. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I thought, well, that's very interesting. But I have learned from it because my wife studied uh, landscape and garden design that it's a very choreographic process. Mm. Anyway, that's a whole other, that's a story well, for a whole other podcast. You're dealing with egress <laughs> of yourself through space. It was very challenging to me this morning when you we were dancing and you recommended it might be interesting to not deal with space and time yeah this is a good one it comes from katie duck uh improviser that's lived lived a long time in amsterdam and uh yeah it's something that jan ritzman the piece we made yet we dance strong questions we we borrowed and it, what what it does is by not by by refusing to make decisions where i am when i am at which um speed of endurance of the of the situation um produces something which self-organizes Mm. beyond your conscious uh, mm. decision-making. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you should uh, recommend people to play with that. Is there um, other questions like that? Millions. <laughs> but I get, uh, the, the question thing came and went. I'm a bit tired of the questions. And I, mean, <laughs> I like to make answers. Yeah, right. Do you think you can get to answers? Or do you think that no. answers are helpful? No, they're not, they're not helpful at all. It's, 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 <laughs> it's only about... Um, it, we, we were observing in the workshop, maybe this is a good place to end, that, mm. um, that the, best, the best performance is, is one where the, it, the resolution of itself is imminent, mm. but never occurs. And then the piece finishes, and um, the resolution of itself remains imminent. Yes so that as I leave the building, as yeah. I go home, as I get up the next morning, that, that, Im that imminence it's is resonant for yeah, me. Resonant and haunting. I, I did a dance technique workshop with Inyaki as Pelaga in, uh, when I was a dance weber in 2010, and it was the same um, in an embodied form, oh, yeah. that we have, that we must be aware that there are movements or actions or symbols that we can complete but once completed, they have lost their power. Yeah. And so how can you be on the edge of imminence but never um, asleep at the wheel? That's a really good way of putting it, Matt, yeah. Done. Thank you. Thanks, mate. <laughs>